Pitch Deck Asia. Your story, your words. Boom, we're live. This is Pitch Deck Asia. We are in the studio. My name's Graham Brown with Vic and Roland from Wikimedia. Gentlemen, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. You're both obviously based here in mm -hmm. Singapore, but originally from the Philippines? That's correct. Well, Roland is based here. I go back and forth every month. Okay. Yeah. So you live sort of 30,000 feet up in the air. Uh, thereabouts. Okay, mm -hmm. good. So um, you knew each other from the Philippines, and mm -hmm. you both come from the audio world as well. So mm -hmm. Yes. You welcome home to the studio. Yeah. Thank home. you. Thank you. Yes. Very you, at home. Should you ever make it to the Philippines, uh, you should record a podcast and from Vic's studio. Oh, happy to host you. His studio is is phenomenally done. It's it's one best audio production house, 17 out of the last 25 years. Fantastic. As voted by the Advertising Association. Great. I'd love to. Mm -hmm. So if I make it out that way, let's do it. Look me up. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Um, let's talk about Wikimedia as well and, and sure. your sort of journey and why you're here today. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to go into your pitch deck, have a look at the market that you're in. What's mm -hmm. the solution that you have? Can you explain to me, before we get going, what is Wikimedia? Okay, Wikimedia is basically, um, it's a, it, it was designed to uh, bridge cultures, right? Uh, if, if I may, Wicca is actually a Filipino word that means language. And when we started out, uh, we, we were hoping to uh, bridge cultures uh, by enabling people to enjoy media in uh in their own language right. right and that was the the motivation behind putting it to, putting it together okay so there's a background there languages culture mm -hmm. why why are you doing this what was it, it you know why do you get up in the morning to do this is something broken out there <laughs> is there something that isn't working some personal frustration pain points okay if i may uh so as roland mentioned i have a studio right back home yeah. we primarily do advertising but in recent years, we've started doing something, uh, the industry term for it is localization, where you take a movie or a TV show and you translate and dub it into uh, the local language, Yeah. right? Which for Filipinos is Tagalog. So we started doing that about five years ago. Uh, and localization is a fascinating, fascinating uh, niche of the industry. And it just so happened that when Roland uh, came up with the technology that drives uh, Wikimedia and he showed it to me, uh, I thought it was, you know, it, it blew me away. And, and it's like, wow, this is, uh, it, it fits perfectly with, with what I'm doing right now. Mm. Right? So that, that's kind of how we got started. I don't even remember when you showed that to me. Yeah, it was actually uh, three or four years ago yeah. when I kind of first drafted the patent and filed it, but uh, didn't really move because I was working on another startup. In fact, the, the technology came from uh, working on a different startup. It was just kind of a, like a lateral use of, of a technology I was developing then. Mm. Uh, so I kind of, it was just an idea and I uh, pitched it to Vic and he loved it. Yeah, right. yeah. we decided so, to run with it, yeah. Yes. Okay. So a few years later, uh, you know, we decided, hey, you know, it's, it started uh, having a life of its own. Uh, slowly, and we decided to kind of uh, band together. Uh, incorporated last year in Singapore, and uh, made made good progress. Yeah, yeah. You're just under a year old now, mm -hmm. I think. So. Yes, a couple of yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. Shy of a year. Good. 
So first year in, let's talk about the journey as well. So maybe we can start at the top and talk about the market that you're in mm-hmm. first before we do anything. I know you've got it in the pitch deck. I want to jump around in the pitch deck a little bit. Sure, no problem. If I may, and go straight to the total addressable market slides that you have right at slides eight and nine here. Okay. And um, bear in mind that some people are listening so they can't see oh, the graphics. Okay. okay. No worries. So if you're listening on podcasts, just be a bit descriptive in what we're talking about. So you've mentioned localization. Mm-hmm. What, what is the addressable market in which you're in here? So explain this slide to okay. us. Okay. Uh, Roland is probably the best person to, uh, to describe this slide, but I just want to preamble whatever he's going to say by, you know, we, it, there's kind of a dual nature to Wicca that we have to get out of the way uh, up front so that uh, this slide makes more sense. Yeah, essentially, um, Wika is, you can watch any, any media, video, movie, TV show, you know, online video in any language. So it could work both ways. You're English and you want to watch, uh, you know, let's say you're watching anime and you want to hear it in English. Yeah. Right. Or in our case, you know, if you're Indian, you're watching, uh, you know, a movie and you want to hear it in Hindi. You know, it works both ways, right? So uh, it's any to any language, really. Right. So uh, we deliver. Yeah. Well, I, I was referring more to the fact that for the people who can't see the slide, there's also a little bit here about deaf and hard of hearing. Yes. So oh, okay, yeah, that's in the next slide as well, right? So, yes. Yeah. So uh, generally, we we serve two classes of uh, customers, hmm. so to speak. So one is the hearing and seeing market. So uh, dubs, subtitles, uh, foreign subtitles, but we also serve the the uh, people with hearing and visual disabilities. Mm. So we develop solutions for the deaf and hard of hearing as well as the blind and visually impaired Mm. uh, to deliver language for them, including sign language. So that's one of our... Uh, one of our solutions that's actually gaining a lot of buzz and mm, and, yes. and drawing a lot of sugoi, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. wows, uh, you know. I, 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 the way I like to say it, sorry to interrupt, but the, the way I like to, to, to tell people is that if you're going to localize something into a language, you know, Japanese or, or French or German, uh, sign language is, is also a language. So mm. translating a, a movie or a TV show into sign language is localization. Yeah. That, that's sort of the, the insight I was getting at. Okay, cool. So we're going to have a look at some of your solutions, sure. right? And understand a bit about what you do. Um, at the beginning of your pitch deck, you know, where it should be really the problem statement, mm-hmm. which is if we sort of go back here, which as you have mentioned, obviously that there are many languages in the world, including mm-hmm. sign language, for example. Right. Um, English isn't the only one. And mm-hmm. I suppose as internet penetration across, you know, rapidly emerging markets mm-hmm. is increasing, the need for non-English content is growing. Like you say, like Hindi movies. And mm-hmm. so, you know, so that sort of translation from one to the other. Yes. Yeah. That, and the funny thing is, and Vic can tell you, uh, like last year, he he was approached by an Indian film studio to dub their library 200 movies in, in, in other languages. So it's, you know, Hindi to English or Hindi to other languages and also English to Asian languages, yeah. right? So, um, and it, it does go both ways. Yeah. Right. And, and recently he had a visitor from China, a ch- Chinese film studio that also wants to do the same thing, mm. uh, you know, uh, dub and subtitle Chinese movies into English. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so it's a really interesting meta trend, isn't it? 
that's happening here in Asia. And there's a couple of things. Firstly, obviously, Asia is growing very fast. Yes. So obviously, internet penetration, if you take the Philippines, for example, it's a huge market. Indonesia is a huge market. India, these are markets that don't traditionally get touched by sort of the first wave of development, right? Right. And on top of that as well, you've got this real interesting Asia to Asia yes, meme going yes. on, the A to A trade, which is now Asia does more trade with itself than mm -hmm. it does with the rest of the world. So if you consider, for example, like Chinese movies, that, you know, for for a longest time, China was a warehouse. Mm. Now, however, China's developing content and services, sure. you know, that could be music, it could be, you know, movie industries, and you have Bollywood, for example. Yeah. So you have all of that going on which sort of sits outside the traditional sort of paradigm of right. Hollywood and the Western yeah. internet model, right? Now, so. if, if, if I may comment on that, people are also becoming more open to viewing content from other cultures uh, mm. nowadays because, you know, uh, just as recently as like, say, a decade ago, if you said, you know, why don't we stay home and watch a foreign film that kind of had like an artsy art vibe house, to it, yeah, you know, right. what I mean? a very art house. But yeah. now, you know, the Roland and I enjoy this Netflix uh, TV show called Terrace House from Japan and right. we watch it in the original Japanese with subtitles. And, you know, we we discuss it with, with friends the way we would be talking about like a Game of Thrones or, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's... The, the fact that it's Japanese is almost secondary. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. We're, getting, we're getting used to that, right? Yes, Rather we than we just got this sort of narrative that's sort sure. of Hollywood content. Yeah. People are, like me, white guys talking in English, right? Yeah. Now that now there's a whole world out there. Right, yeah. I, I, and, you know, uh, it's a fascinating subject, this meta trend, which you're catching as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I was in, I was talking to Tony Fernandez last week, and he was saying that he is launching a record label yeah. for Asia. He's talking about A-pop, right? So think about this, is that, he is now, I mean, because he's a music man, he wants to promote acts from the Philippines, mm -hmm. from Vietnam, mm -hmm. from... Pan-Asian. Yeah, like, you know, Korean boy bands yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Sure. He wants to create that platform, that music platform. So you can imagine, for example, if you were a Vietnamese pop star mm -hmm. penetrating the Philippines, for yes. example, what is the language that they're going to use here, right. right? There needs to be that kind of... You know, th this doesn't exist now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well until you guys came along, right? So yeah, we're working enter. on it. <laughs> You're working on it, Wikimedia. So let's have a look at some of your solutions there. Maybe we can sort of see the manifestation of that. You've got, um, we'll go into the product side here. You've got Dubhub, Subhub, and GlassSign. So right. talk us through what this is about. Okay, so um, I have a, I don't know if you could see this. Okay, so this is yeah. our, uh, okay. Let's just bring it to the camera a little bit here, yeah? All right, so this is our set-top box. Essentially, it's it's uh, it has two ports. It has HDMI in and it's got HDMI out. So basically, you plug in any HDMI video, it will it will detect what video you're watching, right? And it will output that same vid video, but with subtitles, but overlaid with subtitles in your preferred language. How does it know what language it is? Do you tell it? No, no, no. Uh, it first detects what what title that is. Whether right. you know that's a James Bond movie, for right, instance, right? right? Uh, it detects what that is, and then it gives you language options okay, right. that you can scroll on the menu or on an app, and they say, "Okay, I want to hear it in Bahasa, mm. you know, Indonesia, right? Or subtitles in Indonesia." So what was previously unsubtitled is comes out of this subtitle, right, right. And just by simply plugging in HDMI yeah. in, HDMI out, so I don't need to run it through an app or no, it's there. No, it's here. This can is, I have a look at this thing? Yeah, this is the magic box. Can we show it? Yeah, I mean, it's literally the size of a phone at most, right? Yeah. And it's quite light, isn't it? So that would sit 
next to your computer or your yeah it's it's a prototype you know we're uh, our next version will this is wi-fi our next yeah. version will have you know a cat5 or you know ethernet port for you know connecting right. permanently to your so where's okay i'm i'm not up on the technology yeah. here the witchcraft inside the box mm. what what's going on in okay there? uh the key technology here is really the uh overlay because you're overlaying a digital well, Captions. the overlay and the synchronization. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. The synchronization is important because uh, so three things. One is detection, detecting what you're watching. The second is synchronization because if you plug it in, it has to know where you are in the movie. Yeah, you can't so, always just expect to start from the first, yes. you know, scene. Right. Um, if you're tuning in to like say a TV program mid midway, midway. yeah, okay, yeah, it has to know. Okay, I'm at you know the 20 minute mark. Okay, yeah. and then uh, you know. Once uh, you've determined your, you know, which language you want, uh, usually you have a preference, right? So if you want it in Hindi subtitles, right, or Tamil or whatever, um, it will pull that subtitle from the cloud, right, and yeah. then overlay it on the video, output it. How does uh, it get that sub? Is that publicly available? Those subtitlings, or does it have to generate them itself? Or uh, Good question. Our three sources of content are one, our partnerships with the studio. Yeah. So we're in talks with them. Um, two is user generated uh, content, right? Yeah. So yeah. they call them fan subs. These are fan generated subtitles. Um, third is machine generated uh, subtitles. So mm. we could do that too. Yeah. Uh, in case it's neither of the first two are available. So you're sort of hacking a solution mm. together, aren't you? If it's mm -hmm. available, if it's half available, right. or if it's not even there, mm. we're going to wing it with a machine translation. Right. right. Okay. Which is better than nothing. Mm. How, how does it compare? I mean, we've seen Google's YouTube automatic subtitling, closed captioning, right? And I've watched that and I thought, this, mm, this is like, it, it's I, pretty I'm lousy. Be, I have a biased answer to that because as I mentioned, I've been doing localization for five years. Nothing beats um, an original uh, caption or dub track. Mm. Uh, dubbing especially is a, a really tricky thing because dubbing, the dubbing world, uh, if you do it wrong, people will just not watch it, you mm. know? But if done right, uh, it you won't even realize what you're watching is not in the So dubbing language. mean actually when you're talking over it? Okay, dubbing, yes. Uh, dubbing is when you replace the original dialogue with uh, actors yeah. delivering the dialogue in the local language, right? And dubbing is huge, uh, particularly in, well, in, in some regions of Asia, but also in Europe. Mm. Uh, in fact, if you look around, there's a documentary you could look up called uh, Being George Clooney, mm. which is all about the dubbing world. And the interesting thing about that is, uh, I believe the, the key takeaway from that movie, and hence the title, is because in some parts of Europe, people don't actually even know what George Clooney sounds like right. because they've never heard him speak in English, yeah. right? The moment it hits the movie theater or the TV show, it's the local George Clooney actor delivering. And, it, and it's always him. Every time George Clooney comes out, it's the same guy doing his voice. He doesn't even sound, in some markets, he doesn't even sound like George Clooney. He's just a good actor that happens to, you know, be good at the mannerisms and the delivery of the way George Clooney on screen does it, right? Mm. And to the point that he even has fans, right? He walks down the 
the street. He's a voice actor, but people know, oh, that's the voice of George Clooney. Right? Yeah. They have an award show for dubbing in Europe. So dubbing is a fascinating, uh, it's a fascinating industry. And again, wow. you know, when, when Roland came to me with this, uh, this technology that, that uh, builds on dubbing, I was like, oh, let's do it, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah, so there are three kind of media types. There's the audio that's dubbing, right? Then there's subtitles or captions, which is text over, you know, over video. And then there's sign language, mm. which is a video over video. Yeah. Mm. Right. So, and we, that's we, more, those are available out there if produced by a studio or fans or. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay, right. Exactly. So, we deliver all three depending yeah. on which you prefer. Well, why isn't it already there? Why hasn't this been done already? Because the content's there, right? That's what mm -hmm. you're saying. It's out there, but it's in bits and like very. Yeah. No, you're, you're pretty much saying. Uh, exactly what uh, we, we consider to, to consider to be one of the main problems, which is it is out there. Uh, you know, if you take a movie like Frozen, hmm. which was uh, translated into 60-something languages, dubbed into 47 languages, and yet it uh, is not, those languages are not immediately accessible to the people that, that need them. You know, that, that's, that's kind of where we come in. Uh, that, that's kind of what we're working on. If I can segue to the, should I show the app since oh, I'm talking, yeah, talking yeah. about Frozen? We got it on the, yeah, once okay. you get ready, I'll just flash it up on the pitch deck, which is your first one. Is it this one? Dub yeah, up? that's the one. Oh, All right. Okay, cool. So maybe we can hold that one up to the screen yeah, as well. Yeah, this is can actually a screenshot um, of that, Barrett. So this is a special build of the app that we prepared for yeah. the interview. It doesn't normally work unless there's a movie or a TV show playing yeah. in the background, right? So the way this works is. You've got your app. Yeah, let's get that up on the screen. So, All right. yeah. If you just hold it a little bit closer to this one, yeah, right. talk us through. So you've got your app, and yeah. then you turn on the TV, the movie you want to translate uh, is on the screen. Mm. You hit identify, and it will look up what the title is. Okay, yeah. so it's found out what the movie is. And it shows you all the available options uh, that, in this case, are the official languages that are available for this title. Mm -hmm. So. Let's say you click, uh, I don't think it's going to play without the original. Uh, well, yeah. So you click on the language that you want, and then you mute the sound on the TV. Oh, uh, okay. So and that then you plug your, in, yes, you right. plug in the headphones. Okay, that's right? interesting. And the, the use case scenarios from then on become very interesting. Because imagine, for instance, a family uh, in, let's say, India watching a movie where the kids would want to hear it in English, but yeah. the grandparents would prefer to hear it in their own language. Mm. So, yeah, okay, kids, you know, you use your smartphones, you listen to the English version, but mm. us grandparents are going to watch it on the TV. And, yeah. you know, so people are watching in a language they're comfortable with is, is one use case. Another would be if I was to travel to Bangkok, for instance, mm. And I'm in the hotel and I turn on the TV and Captain America's on, but everything in Bangkok is dubbed in Thai. Right. Right. So I'm like, oh, I love this movie, but I really wish I could watch it in my own language. Yeah. Right. And the hotel TV is not set up for, yeah. for anything. But with the app, you know, travelers are uh, a market we're after as well. Yeah. Anywhere we go in Asia and presumably in, in Europe as well, they instantly get our demos. You know, it's, it's maybe the English speakers just like, why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I've never had this problem. Right, yeah. right. Because most of the content is in English, but uh, yeah. but that's changing too. Like you said, you know, uh, yeah. we're watching uh, you know Bollywood and and Japanese uh, TV series or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, most Asians instantly get it, mm -hmm. you know, because they want to consume content, whether it's English or other language. But they want to 
hear, see, hear or see it in their own language. Mm -hmm. so. let, let me ask you uh, just a question about the content side itself. So, yeah. I mean, great to see. Um, I mean, obviously, people can go and check out your app as well mm -hmm. and get a better idea of how this works, mm -hmm. right? What is interesting at the moment? What are the sort of the trends? Like, what's what kind of content are you now seeing? You know, you've mentioned lots of examples, mm -hmm. for example, like watching mm -hmm. Captain America in Thai, mm -hmm. but you want to hear it in Tagalog, for example, yeah. right? Are there sort of big meta trends at the moment in terms of content consumption across Asia? Are you finding, for example, you know, like Korean pop, for example, people want to hear this in their language or, you know, certain documentaries or dramas? Where are the growth From areas? From the right? studio side, I think it's already a given that when they're going to come out with content, they have to prep it for every possible market to yeah. maximize the reach uh, and presumably the revenue of whatever content it is they're producing. So that uh, that is something that we are also trying to to mm. capitalize on, so to speak. But wouldn't they say, okay, well, we we can't like get of all the twenty thousand languages in Asia, for example, mm -hmm. we can't cover them all. But let's just do eighty percent. Mm. You know, it's like manufacturing phones mm -hmm. or apps for phones. You can't do every single form factor out there. You just do like eighty percent. So um, don't studios approach it like that, saying, you know, like okay, well, we'll just do four languages because that you know, cover the whole of Asia for us pretty much. And right. everybody else is like these sort of long tail markets, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. I was just wondering, is that the economics until now? Is that how people would approach it? You know, say we'll do Mandarin, we'll do Hindi, English, and that's it. We're done. I guess it also depends on the studio uh, and what their objectives are. Um, and, and to some extent on the, on the content itself. Um, for instance, uh, Children's content usually uh, lends itself well to dubbing because kids at that age aren't going to be bothered to read subtitles or yeah. they can't read yeah. subtitles, right? So automatically to extend the reach of children's programming in other countries, you know, you know for a fact you're not subtitling it, you're dubbing it, mm. right? We, need, we have received uh, feedback from other people that uh, subtitling uh, foreign, foreign content is preferable to them than listening to the dub because it kind of retains the feel of the original. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. these are, these are all kind of different markets, yeah. aren't they? Yes. So, I mean, if, there isn't just one market. Which is why we also have different solutions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and just to be clear, um, we're not in, you know, Vic has a separate business for the production, yes. the dubbing, yeah. the subtitling, right? What we do is we deliver what we call companion content exactly. because you're right. you you have you're watching whatever you're watching on TV or on the movie we're delivering a companion language yes uh to whatever you're watching mm -hmm. uh, you know either subtitles dubs or or sign language mm -hmm. um so what we do is that kind of delivery yeah. right so we also have a platform for user generated content the yeah. the fan subs the fan dubs it's possible it's more work and also uh, fan sign, what, what we call fan sign, basically user-generated sign language. Right. I, I think we need to show the oh. sign language products just yeah, so please. we know okay. how those work. These are the prototypes. What do we got here? So this, yeah. this is... Yeah, we, we, we basically have... Okay, so this is, a, this is a glass that we demoed actually with the Singapore Association of the Deaf. So you put this on like a 3D glass in the cinema, right? And this, this has a screen. Mm. This has a screen. Right, so it kind of like picture in picture, it shows the sign language 
of whatever you're watching in sync with the movie in yeah. sync that's cool with whatever you're watching yeah. whether it's a movie or a tv program we also have an app that does the same thing in case you know you're like eh, I, you know if you're at home you just want to put a big tablet in front of your in in front of your tv kind of like a picture in picture mm. right so you have a sign language tablet that's you know interpreting uh, so, so I'm, I'm not deaf and I don't know many, I don't think I know any deaf people, but is, is it much of an issue? I, I see a lot of sign language content for kids, for example, yeah. <laughs> but generally for mass market content, does it get sign language? Is it available? And it's sign language is also different languages, isn't it? There's like British sign language, yeah, right. exactly. which I, I never knew. Right? Yeah, I thought it was just all exactly. the same thing. Here's another thing that I never knew. Okay. My sister-in-law is deaf. My wife is fluent in sign language, or was. Uh, she lacks practice. But when I presented the set-top box, you know, it, it can overlay subtitles. I said, hey, I developed the solution that can overlay subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing too, right? And she says, no. The first language of the deaf is sign language. Mm. They can read text as a second language. So I, it's kind of like the way I read Japanese. I could read Japanese, but it's second language. So right. I... So I, if you're watching a movie, you're catching up and you're missing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can't read it that fast because it's a second language, That's right? interesting. I didn't think of that. Yes, I didn't either. I thought yeah. I was like assuming, ah, they can read, you know, they can read text when it's a static yeah. page, yeah. you know, but when it's scrolling fast, it's a struggle. Yeah. So sign language to them is not only their first language. It's also got it more dimensions to it. You know, you got the whole body going, mm. face, you know, facial expressions. It's a lot more dimension to the expression of sign language. It's a richer language than plain text. Right. So uh, if they were watching a movie, they would choose sign language, like somebody to come on sign it in front of or the video rather than in English, for example. Correct. Correct. Uh, and also the other benefit of a solution like this is it's private viewing, hmm. right? You don't want to put up a sign language tablet in, you know, in the movie theater and distract other people beside you. It's kind of rude, right? right? So this is great for private viewing. I think the biggest um, thing that we're after with the sign language product is is inclusion. Because uh, when I say inclusion, uh, we had a booth at NUS the other day and someone came up to me to talk about the sign language product. And he said, you know, I have two, two people, uh, two staff uh, who are deaf hmm. and we usually go to the movies together. And it just so happens that the movie that we watched didn't have subtitles, uh, this particular screening. And we felt so bad because we really wanted to see the movie, but the two people that we were with uh, obviously wouldn't be able to enjoy it. So we had to go through this whole rigmarole of getting a refund from the, yeah. from the theater and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, we told them, we'll, we'll come back for you after the movie. Uh, you you just hang out at the, whatever, at the fast food joint and we'll, we'll see you in two hours kind of thing. So Disaster. that's exactly the but problem we're trying to You watch a movie to together, right? You yes, know, exactly. It's a social yeah. experience. Yeah, I mean, sure. otherwise you can just watch it at home right yeah. on your own. Yeah. Right. So you exactly. go to a movie together. Together, yes. As an yes. Yep. Okay. What have you got there, Vic? No, uh, I was just going to. Uh, Maybe we can hold that one up. More I gadgets. was just going to put. No, no. This is just an is extension. It the same as that of, one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just an extension of the product that Roland was demoing. Except right. that one thing I. One thing that I learned coming to Singapore is that so many people here wear glasses. <laughs> yeah. And if they've already got glasses, it's kind of a, a tough uh, sell to them to to sell a different pair of glasses. Mm. So this is actually a solution for people who are already wear glasses. You right, know, that's you just, just the arm, the boom yeah, arm. it's just the arm. Projects. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the same product that Roland okay. was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Just so a that, different way of wearing. 
Gotcha. That works with their existing yeah. glasses. Yes. All right. Yes. Cool. So that basically will project sign language and would also project any other kind of like subtitles as well. Or is it just um, for the signing? We have. Uh, we're developing a different solution. Uh, for subtitles, because subtitles is not usually at the corner of your eye. It's, yeah. it's across, right? Oh, I see. Right. So we have uh, another solution. We have a prototype, actually, but... Yeah. Uh, not ready to show today. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's more like uh, it displays it across your field, field of, of vision. Mm -hmm. Right. So... Okay, it's fascinating. Yeah. I, I, th I think this is a really interesting area, and I, I love the fact that, you know, we're now... A, a sort of cusp of media explosion where there's there's this whole long tail of content mm -hmm. out there and you're talking about talking to studios um you know how that maybe changes behavior for example with mm -hmm. you know, people going out to movies together mm -hmm. you don't have to sit them out in mcdonald's and wait for you or whatever sure. it may be i'm always fascinated with these kind of technologies is how they change people's behavior mm -hmm. because you know giving people the technology is one thing but once they learn what they can do with it and what it means, it changes the way people interact with mm -hmm. content, right? What have you sort of discovered in doing this? What sort of insights have come out, you know, with your user testing, your own assumptions as well? What have you found? Like you, you sort of, when you started Wikimedia, what do you know now that's different from when you began? Apart from obviously some of those insights about sign language, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you know about users and how they interact with content? Does it change anything? Um, it's a lot of it is access. It, I think you've made a very good point about behavior. See, we're, I guess what's different about our startup is we're just not trying to, it's beyond pushing products and services, access services to people. Uh, one of our sort of other solutions is the, the UGC platform. Yeah. Right. So now people can upload their own sign language videos and and subtitles and you know even dubs for other people. So it's not just technology as solutions, but people as solutions for other people. Mm. So you can now sign you know Game of Thrones so that the you know the, the three million deaf in India can or correction ten million deaf but three million fluent in sign language can now watch it too. Mm. So, you know, and we'll give a revenue share to the sign language interpreter. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, so it's it's a different kind of, you mentioned, you know, uh, w what behavioral changes. I mean, so it's not, it's beyond consumption. We're not trying, we're not just pushing solutions, but we're actually pulling people into You're the building solution. building a platform, right. Yeah. So could I make money out of this as, yes. a, as a, a signer or as a, Transcriber, what would they call it? Yes. Like as a dubber, of course. Can I make money dubbing? Like, of course, you? of course. Because then you know, okay. So what you've done is that would have been traditionally, and it still is, the the realm of experts. Mm -hmm. You know, who you know, you had to have a job doing this, and mm -hmm. that's what you did, right? And even a studio and an agency and so on. But now, if you sort of spread that out, you democratize it, right? Now everybody can just chip in. You know, I'm really into Star Trek, or I'm really into Game of Thrones. Sure. I just want to do that. In my language. Yes. In fact, sorry, I was going to say, especially if you're a fan of the content, that's, mm. uh, you know, th that's the best person to, to be yeah. doing it. They would probably do it for free, but yes. the fact they could get paid gets better content, right? Yes. And there's a new opportunity actually for people like you, Graham, that uh, uh, I want Vic to talk about. Uh, you can make money without translation. And this is the commentaries. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, just to backtrack a bit, we uh, are modeling. 
we, we are basically positioning ourselves as the delivery service for companion content, be it dubs, subtitle, sign language, and he mentioned commentary, mm-hmm. right? So commentary, if you've ever loaded up a Blu-ray and s- decided to rewatch it, but with the director's commentary, which they sometimes include, right? Commentary is something we think has a lot of potential because... Nowadays, uh, when the latest episode of a hit show comes out, the entire week on social media, everybody's just talking about it, right? And I, I, I don't even need to mention the particular show that everybody's talking about this week, right. uh, which dropped you know, two days ago or whatever it is. Commentary is, I, I think the easiest way to describe it is Wika technology enables sort of like a synchronized podcast where after you've watched your Westworld or your Game of Thrones or whatnot, you go back and you, re- you rewatch it, but uh, in a social setting where you've got people, imaginary people sitting on the couch next mm-hmm. to you, dissecting the plot points that you may not have gotten the first time. And, uh, you know, I'm a podcast listener myself, which you'll be happy to hear. And I do listen to to fan podcasts. Mm. Uh, there's a lot uh, of them now. Yeah, there's right? a lot yeah. of them, right? But what I think uh, we're getting at is none of them actually uh, uh, work in tandem yeah. with the actual content the way that we're proposing. Yeah. So essentially, if you think of any kind of content as the, you know, for example, like a movie mm-hmm. or music, for example, um, we consume that many, many times, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you may listen to music a hundred times. It's right. the same song. You, it's not going to change every yeah, time right. you listen to it. The movie, you watch a movie, you love it so much, you keep watching it again or a series and sure. you keep watching this thing, right? And yet, you know, what we're now looking for is that sort of context around it, all that yep. sort of commentary that goes yeah, People start that. a conversation about it. People yeah. want to be part of a, you know, a community about it. And we're not even talking about... Uh, uh, media, we can we could be talking about brands and commercials because yeah. there are some commercials that come out that uh, evoke such strong reactions uh, in people, uh, whether they be good or bad, and people just want to jump into a conversation about it. If you, there's a phenomenon on YouTube called I'm sure you've seen reaction videos. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. What I think people don't, I mean, if you're on the wrong side of 35, you know, you probably haven't experienced this stuff unless you've got kids, right? Hmm. But that whole, you know, industry is growing very fast, like the React 2 videos. Yeah. Like people want people to talk about this content, right? And help them understand what it means. Mm-hmm. How does this fit into my world? What's the story behind this? How did that happen? Tell me a bit about these characters. Right. And the React 2 really is just like a snapshot of that in a, it, some format. You know, often it's with music right. or people are reacting so to small events. Right? To, to backtrack a little, you know, the, the app I showed earlier where uh, you could... Uh, see not just different languages but Mm. possibly sign language and maybe you know uh you've you've got like the best commentary out there uh on the internet that you could sync to whatever you're watching yeah Yeah. it could could be a celebrity commentary you know uh or or it could be uh uber geek kind of like uber fan commentary knows all the trivia about this particular scene and just describing it as yeah yeah. for them it's great though isn't it i mean if you were that uber geek and then you had a platform to actually access all the fans you you suddenly have a position of significance in that community right yeah he's the guy that knows everything about that character yes you know that they don't have a platform right Right. They may have a podcast, but people don't know where it is. And the fascinating thing about the world we live in nowadays is if you're interested in something, it's so easy to find other people, no matter what that interest is, you can find someone that, uh, you know, that's also interested in it. Okay. So how do you guys make money out of this? What's the model? 
All right. Um, as you can see, our our solution has many legs, right? So you could have uh, production, uh, advertising, licensing, uh, but our bread and butter is really uh, it's a content delivery service. Mm. So think of it as a companion, kind of like Spotify. You know, you basically subscribe. You you can do pay per use or pay per view. Or, or subscription. Let's say, okay, you pay $5 a month, which is interesting, actually. Let me, uh, when we demoed this, this glass, uh, with the Singapore Association of the Deaf, we, we surveyed them. Are you willing to pay for a service if we could deliver sign language or caption to whatever you're using, uh, to whatever you're watching? And 100% of the deaf that we surveyed under 50 years old said, yes, mm. we'll pay for a service. So it's a subscription service. We can deliver dubs to you, subtitles. So it could be like, let's say $5 for, you know, 20 hours of dubs, uh, you know, consumable, you know, per month, that kind of mm. model. Mm. Uh, there are two, actually, there's the B2C. You can be a subscriber or uh, in some cases, we're working now with studios. Uh, they will white label our app, put their brand to it. Hmm. So they become our customers. So they pay us cost plus. So whatever it costs us to stream, uh, you know, the content plus us, you know, our margin, hmm. they will pay us. It's up to them now to, to, to either bundle it with their, you know, with their offering to their existing viewers, or they could offer it for free as a CSR service or just, a, just loyalty or just capturing a wider audience. Hmm. So it's, um, you know, so there's that also. There's also that option, but essentially, it's it's a content delivery service. So you, you have a, an interesting trend as well in sort of content production, especially like with studios, is that they're going into obviously, you know, if, if you were producing a movie, it's a high risk business, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know if there's an audience for that business mm-hmm. until you launch it. So you know, you see the flops at the box office and the hits, and that's why we have this sort of dynasty style production of movies where it's okay that works let's keep doing that so avengers marvel sure, right. you know it's just like yes. let's just keep repeating this forever mm-hmm. right until the, the formula yeah the formula works right however if you want to break into that business is you have to build an audience first so movie studios now going into like podcasts and looking for who has an audience already who has built a fan base let's sort of use that as a de-risk platform to now move out mm-hmm. our content so in terms of what you're doing i'm curious how that sort of fits in because a movie studio can look at that and say well by creating these channels of communication with the uber geeks and with the fans and having all those sort of conversations and backstories through this white labeled app I can now build a community around a very small initially title and mm-hmm. then just de-risk it. You know, let's mm-hmm. see the market. And if yep. it sort of gets to this point, mm-hmm. then maybe we can sort of, you know, turn that into a second movie and a third movie or even a first movie in some cases, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't have communication channels with the audience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Completely missing. So obviously what you're doing is not just giving the audience a voice, but you're giving you know, potentially the studio is a, mm-hmm. a, a channel of communication with people they've never touched before. And, yes. and that has been validated. Uh, we've, a couple of studios that we have, we've talked to love the, the opportunity to, to deliver fan uh, commentaries, hmm. uh, you know, audio commentaries along with their existing titles. Mm-hmm. They love that because they don't have that content. Hmm. Right, and we they don't can, have to pay for it either. Right? Yes, yeah. yes, better, right? exactly. Yes. You don't have to pay the actor and say, "Okay, yes. you got to come back in and do twenty-four yes. hours of." But it's still engagement. It, it yeah. keeps people tuned in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Fantastic. Yeah. And in terms of your fundraising, you're raising funds at the moment? Yes. Uh, we're midstream. Uh, we got a couple of notices for, uh, you know, preliminary due diligence. Right. Uh, we're still talking to uh, early stage investors. Mm -hmm. uh, we hope to close uh, June, July. Okay. So you have an open round at the moment. Yes. Who do you want to talk to or who would you want to reach out to you? Because there's a lot of money out there at the moment. I think, think there's a lack of money. You probably want somebody who's going to bring some value add to the mm -hmm. team here. Correct. Exactly. So um, we're, we're talking to uh, generally uh, three classes of uh, investors, so to speak. One is, you know, angels, uh, primarily because we're still kind of in that stage. Um, they're more open. Mm. You know, they... You know, angel investors are more about feel. Uh, and you. Yeah, they, it's about the founders, yeah, right? Yeah, they get you what you are and what you're trying yeah. to do. Yeah, sure. You know, when you have less data points, then, you know, it's more about that. But we're also getting a lot of uh, interest from impact investors. Mm. Um, we have one kind of like on the verge of uh, giving us a term sheet. Uh, so a couple of meetings already, both positive, met with all the GPs, LPs, you know. Uh, impact investors, because mm. of what we're doing for social inclusion, the death, the... Yeah, you know, people with, uh, you know, hard of hearing, visually impaired, mm. uh, things like that. And of course, you know, the seed investors. Um, and we're also talking to kind of like an aggregator of investors. I think mm. you also have a platform where you can mm -hmm. put together a room of, you know, of, of, of investors. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, as with all of this, it's a case of you have to find somebody who gets it. And, yeah, you know, yeah. rather than just somebody who thinks it's a good investment, yeah, and they have to sort of sync up with your philosophy as well. Right. And to answer your question about what type, you know, ideally a strategic partner. Uh, last year, MediaCorp, everybody in Singapore knows MediaCorp, uh, made a strategic investment in our startup mm. uh, because, you know, it's a media field. It's uh, We're part of their mediapreneur program. Uh, we've, you know, we, we have two advisors that are executives um, off MediaCorp. Mm. Uh, so they've seen our growth from, from you know, pitch concept pitch to developing prototypes to you know winning pitch competition awards and you know seeing us out there in the public and seeing our booths and demos and and what have you mm -hmm. so uh so that's strategic money right so we we could you know we're also talking to uh, potential strategic partners mm -hmm. large conglomerates um with properties all around the world yeah. um and the impact end because of the other market that we serve, the people with disabilities, is also huge. I mean, there are 466 million people in the world that are hard, uh, deaf or hard of, or, and hard of hearing. Uh, so there's also that impact strategic. Yeah, the, the, the dual appeal, I think, is uh, what makes us a little more interesting than usual for some people because if you're talking to a mainstream studio they also see the csr aspect but if you're talking to a social um enterprise and they're worried about sustainability there's you know yeah. the revenue stream from the main line of business which uh yeah absolutely they, they don't want to just a, invest yes. in a charity yeah, they we, want to invest in something that's going to create a profit ultimately and create value right we've raised uh we've secured uh you know signed the contract with the uh, been awarded a grant from uh, Raise Enterprise, Raise.sg, yeah. and we've been shortlisted for a bigger grant uh, from SG Enable. Uh, they basically enable people with disabilities. Mm. Um, so that's additional funding. Um, it's quote unquote free money. 
I mean, it's not unrestricted grant. It's not a genius grant, you know, that's unrestricted. It's restricted with very clear deliverables, you know, milestones and what have you and tranches and things like that. But it's, it's a good validation. Um, so, Great. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's positive. And I think you guys have got the energy and the passion to make this work. Mm -hmm. um, what then would be the best way for people to reach out to you? How do you prefer? Are you active on LinkedIn? Does that work for you? LinkedIn, what channel for sure. works for you? Yeah, LinkedIn uh, generally uh, as individuals are, uh, you know, obviously our company LinkedIn page will become more active as right. we as we bring more content and more partners on board. But for now, you know, individually. Uh, it's the way to do it. Yes. Yeah, yep. reach out, say you watch this, listen to this, mm -hmm. and say something struck with me, the message, and oh, I want to talk to you guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just got, I just received a LinkedIn invite the other night. Uh, says, oh, your presentation today was the best. Uh, I got moved and, you know, yeah. what have you. Oh, toot your own so, horn, why don't you? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, 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 uh, no, it's, it, was, really it, it was an awesome presentation and I'm, I'm his partner. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> well, today it's an awesome story today. I think it's inspiring. Um, love what you're doing. Um, the, the potential for this it's just fascinating, mm -hmm. like how you take, obviously the execution now is the key, isn't mm -hmm. it? How you mm -hmm. execute. That's what it all comes down to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what that could potentially become, yes. you know, six months from now, 12 months from now, you will have evolved. So you have new insights. You would have sort of progressed on the journey with developing these products as well. So it really is a journey. Absolutely. And I'd love to get a, a part two as well and see how you guys are getting on. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank yeah, you. That, that would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, and all the best with your ongoing journey and fundraising at the moment as well. We'll put yes. all the details in the show notes. That's Vic and Roland from Wikimedia. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio today Thanks and sharing so much, your Graham. journey. Thank you. Thank you for having us here. That was Pitch Deck Asia, powered by Pitch Media Asia. My name's Graham Brown. Pitch Deck Asia is a platform to give startups in Asia a voice. We give them a show to help them tell their story. And if you love these startup stories and like hearing more about the journeys of the founders, go and check out our SoundCloud channel, which is available at pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. That's pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. Head along to the channel, subscribe, follow us, and feel free to leave a comment or a rating on our channel as well. We'd love to hear your feedback.